to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kazan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of scream time per episode. I'm Brett Stillo, your host on this day. Along, along with me is your co-host, a man I've known for many years and a man who knows where the dog is. That would be Mr. Josh Horowitz. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you I'm doing, okay. Brad? Okay, I'm okay. Now, just for the record, since I brought up dogs, you you have a dog, correct? I I do have a dog. Yes. I have a cute three-year-old uh, golden doodle named Bella. Ah, wow, the golden doodle. <laughs> How did I not know this about you? Yeah, and, and now the the entire podcasting world knows it so too. So this this makes you very qualified <laughs> for this episode. Wait, who is this mystery voice who suddenly came out of nowhere to ask about your oh, dog? Mysterious. Who is this mystery voice? Well, it does sound like this is our friend Amy Pavi from Twelve Chimes. It's midnight. Welcome back. Hello. How are you? We are good. Can yeah, you verify that it is in fact you, Amy Pavi? Uh, it, uh, this is Amy Pavi. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Welcome, Amy Pavi, to our show, where uh, we are discussing uh, Minute 14. See, we're still in the two-digit realm of Silverado, the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan <laughs> movie. Uh, Amy, have you ever seen this movie? I have not seen this film before. Um, and as you may know about me, uh, I am not a big Western genre fan what mm. what when you filled out the questionnaire you you circled i love westerns i, I didn't lie man you you just you just didn't read the whole thing i so but so but please continue but i i i think that that uh was uh or might be an interesting uh point of discussion um mm. Though I did find, uh, I do find Westerns interesting, so it's not like I hate Westerns. Um, they are just not my first pick, and I was looking through my list of my top 100 favorite films, um, which is on Letterboxd, mind, mm. mind you. Um, and it's not really 100, because every time, I, you know, I have an experience, I'm like, oh, what about that movie? And I add that one to my <laughs> list. So it's it's up to about 107. Um but I do not have nary a Western on there, if I am not mistaken. Really? Um, mm -hmm. It's just not my first choice, but I really can, I can understand the appeal. Um, and certainly this film has got a stellar cast, so everybody is got it. And you can't kind of take your eyes away from any particular member of the cast. They're all right. uh, engaging. Um so I did enjoy it. I'm not sure that I, I, I would run out to watch it again um, because my, my usual um, genres are, are usually, um, I don't know, horror and classic film and silent. and um, So, yeah. Though it's interesting that some of the early silent films were Westerns. Um, of the silent films that you've seen, uh, had had you ever seen any of uh, you know like like the Great Train Robbery or? 
Um, I have. I actually wrote an article about um, uh, John Ford for the Silent Film Festival here in San Francisco. Mm. Um, and, you know, when when they give you an assignment, you do not argue. You just say, yes, John Ford. <laughs> love it. Um, I It was a schlog for me. I didn't find uh. any real joy in writing uh, the article, but I hope that I did him justice because I do respect him as a filmmaker for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, that one is, is on the interweb somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I definitely respect the genre. Um, and you know, it, there's so much history in it and I do appreciate history. I, I guess my first choice is really, you know, crime and like I was saying, crime and horror. And, and mm -hmm. so I, you know, my first choice is to go for a noir or a horror and, um, there's certainly elements of that in Westerns, but there's just some, um, I guess, basic thematic kind of vibes that um, I'm not as engaged in yeah. when it comes to Westerns. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know, I, I, I prefer my man in a tuxedo with slick back <laughs> hair over uh, a dirty man with a beard. I don't know. I just... <laughs> and long johns. <laughs> long johns. Although he cleans up later on, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna knock. Yeah. Knock the Kevin Klein because he is quite an attractive man. You know, I mean, I I get it because as I as I pointed out in our our first episode way back on Monday, if you can remember Monday, I can't. Uh, Monday. I didn't like westerns a whole lot until 1985 in this movie. It kind of changed my perspective and. You know, as a kid, you know, Amy, you and I are, are both about the same age. You know, we're graduated years old. And, yeah, yeah, graduated yeah, years old. And uh, we're a little bit older than you, Josh. And, you know, growing up, I can tell you, you know, as I think I mentioned on Monday, Westerns just were a tidal wave of them on TV. And most of them seemed mediocre. And so there was, you know, I didn't particularly enjoy a Western when it came on. I was looking for Scooby-Doo or something like that. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Western genre, you know, I could, yeah, we could name the classics like, say, Red River or The Searchers, but for every great Western movie, I think there's a score of fair to middling, just average odors. Not odor, like they smell, but O-A-T-E-R, odors. Odors. Odors, which uh, I think that's a term... Uh, from the studio era, just sort of a, you know, hey, it's a B-Western, it's not great, but it's definitely not bad, it, you know, it fills in all the blanks, uh, there's guns, there's horses, uh, you can have a nice Saturday matinee with it, the kids can go see it and get out of the house. It's an otter. Because of the horses. Uh, because yes. of the horses, and they eat oats, and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe you might have some oatmeal before you go see the movie. Yeah, it doesn't trip off your tongue, but it is, yeah, that's a that's a cool piece of trivia. Yeah, I'll yeah. have hmm. to keep an eye out. But, of course, now I'm going to see it everywhere. You will. <laughs> an otter. Uh, mm -hmm. And speaking of otters, we have uh, Silverado, which yes. we're talking about. And we're talking about, yeah, there's some good stuff here in this uh, sort of transitional scene. This is minute 14. Again, we're in double digits, which is nice. Uh, and minute 14 starts with something that ought to interest you and ends with an IOU of $13. Mm. 
Thirteen dollars. And uh, the very first thing we see is a nice pair of boots. That's a good way to start an episode, really, or a minute. Is a nice pair, although they are a little muddy, muddy boots. Uh, who might be? That might be a name of a blues man. And it, uh, those boots <laughs> we've discovered belong to Tyree. Yeah, Tyree. Uh, but uh, actually, be before we uh, we get to Tyree, I kind of wanted to just point out something that uh, shows up just behind him because it kind of sets the uh, I think it sets the time frame a little bit for what we see. Uh, he's standing in front of the sign that says the 5th Cavalry Regiment, Captain G.B. McClellan. Now, when I first saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's George McClellan. But no, no, Captain G.B. McClellan. Uh, who it didn't exist, but there was a 5th Cavalry Regiment, and uh, that's been around since August of 1861, known as the Black Knights or the Lancers, and their colors are yellow and black. And they were active in the Indian Wars of the 1870s and even fought in the Spanish-American War in 1898 through 99. So if we need to figure out what time this is from, probably during the Indian Wars, probably sometime in the 1870s is my thought. Very good detective work. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Horowitz. <laughs> because <laughs> thank you, I, thank you. I've seen this movie many times. I watched this minute many times. I'll say it. I didn't notice the sign. Well, that's that's what these movies by minutes uh, forces you to do sometimes. Well, that's good work, Josh Horowitz. Uh, <laughs> you get the you get the Captain McClellan Memorial Award. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wooden sign. I, I would wonder if uh, G.B. McClellan, um, if, I wonder if there's a McClellan in the credits somewhere. Uh, you know, oh, like he was the gaffer or something. Yeah, or, you know, maybe a local, you know, uh, location coordinator or something like that. But that's some <laughs> very good movie detective work. I, mm. I'm i a little ashamed that I missed the sign. I just went, you know me, I just went straight for the boots. Well, you, you can't avoid Tyree. <laughs> This this was only the second time that I'd seen this film, and I, I had no idea who he was the first time I saw this, but then I had watched Lost, and then when I saw it this time, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's that guy from Lost with, with those, uh, well, beautiful eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Fahey, uh, his motion picture debut in this one, but uh, did you guys see him? Do you remember uh, his role in Lost as the captain? What's funny of that? For me, is I remember the captain, but I don't think I recognized Fahey. It would be a number of years later. I have seen Fahey the Elder in a few things, and he's you know he was white haired and and distinguished. But uh, no, that was a uh, that was one where if, you know if it was a snake, it bit me. So the name Tyree. Mm. This is where I can redeem myself for the whole Captain McClellan sign that I missed. Uh, mm. So, have you guys ever heard the name Tyree before? Uh, I, I've only heard it, there's a Star Wars reference, yes. but this is not it. <laughs> yes, it's different spelling, but the name Tyree uh, has a bit of a history in old Hollywood westerns. I, I would imagine mm. this guy was called Tyree because of the use of the name Tyree. Now, Amy, you mentioned John Ford. Uh, a discovery of John Ford was the great character actor Ben Johnson, who uh, hmm. got his start. You know, he was he was a horse wrangler, and then he became a stuntman. And he just he and John Ford hit it off, and he started in small roles in three 
John Ford pictures, late 40s, early 50s. She wore a yellow ribbon, Rio Grande, and The Wagon Master. In every one of those hmm. movies, uh, Johnson played a character named Tyree. Mm-hmm. So the name Tyree has a certain Western feeling to it. And, and actually, when I, that was one thing when I was a kid and I heard, you know, we lost Tyree and we, watched, we lost Dutch. That's like, right, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a there's a Tyree in Star Wars, which I would imagine was a nod to uh, Ben Johnson and uh, the Tyree character. I don't think it was the same character every time, but he played a guy hmm. named Tyree, and it just uh, and if, if you've ever seen she wore a yellow ribbon, his uh, his running line in that is that's not my department. But this Tyree has another line. That's right. We, uh, we're going to hear him talk about the dog once again. And so uh, where, where is this dog? I mean, here is something where once again, you know, the audience has no idea what this is about. But yeah. uh, like Chekhov's gun, I'm sure the audience will find out. And, that, you know, that there are a lot of guns in this movie. So, you know, I hope Chekhov would come to the West <laughs> armed. I don't know. But, yeah, we definitely have uh, a real strong plant. If you didn't, if it didn't perk up your ears three minutes ago, you're absolutely like, what's up with this dog? Yeah. Um, you know, Fahey really sells it when, you know, he gets on his horse and even looks down uh, at Peyton's feet, almost uh, in, in a real condescending way, like almost looks like he's going to spit. Yes, I thought he was going to spit on him. Yeah, <laughs> there's just that long look and then where's the dog? And it's like he's really trying to twist the knife on that one. Mm. We do get a, a good little musical cue that accompanies Tyree. Uh, you know, some little bits of piano music by our friend, the 10-time Emmy Award winner, Bruce Broughton. You know, that, that whole dissonant low-octave piano notes. And I, I've heard that in other Westerns, too, whenever bad stuff comes. You know, like... Yeah. You know. The score by Bruce Broughton is is very much in the sort of traditional classic... Uh, vein of like John Williams, you know, with with different, you know, really strong themes that come back and uh, you hear throughout. I, I don't recall if uh, there were specific character motifs like you hear with Williams on this one. I mean, really, it's just it's the main Silverado theme. Yeah, it sounds like coming to America to me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't think I'm sure someone else has mentioned this in previous minutes. But yeah, I mean, this is a tremendous score. But I feel like uh, Bruce Broughton was kind of queuing up, you know, again, classic Westerns, like uh, the one that really reminds me, or, or let me say the Silverado theme really reminds me a lot of the theme from the 1950s uh, epic Western, The Big Country, hmm. with Gregory Peck and Burl Ives and uh, huge cast. Charles okay, Nesson. so not not the '80s band. Okay. No, not that. that that's a that's a different. <laughs> don't get me started. That was that was my favorite song of 1983. I'm sorry. I'm trying to draw you astray. Uh, you did. <laughs> <I> apologize. <laughs> well, Amy, what did you think of the music in this? Uh, I mean, you know, very much western. But uh, are are you a fan of of this type of sort of classical orchestral, or do you prefer a different type? You know, it's interesting. I'm. Um, I definitely appreciate it, but I don't often notice it mm. because I think, uh, and I, 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 we haven't seen a lot of movies together, but I'm one of those people that um, I'll watch a movie specifically, you know, for the third time to watch cinematography or 
you know, mm. to listen to the score. And then 10 minutes into it, I'm just wrapped up in the story. So yeah. I'm honestly, the kind of person, I mean, depending on the genre for sure, but I'm the kind of person they make movies for because I'm a big sucker and I just get <laughs> pulled in and the the music works on me on an emotional level. Yeah. But I, I usually, and I, I think part of that is because I'm not a musician. Hmm. Um, I It doesn't jump out at me as an element I, I think movies for me usually are um, a blend of the elements and not, not any one thing jumps out at me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you'll see a Wes Anderson film and maybe the cinematography will jump out because it is a little more front and center. Um, yeah. But I think for particularly movies that are going for kind of a classic genre, definitely they blend those elements so well together. And that's really, a, I think... A goal of a lot of classic cinema is hmm. that blending so i think it is really seamless for me and so I, yeah it's hard for me when i get in situations like this because i'm like oh man i didn't consider that <laughs> you know i mean it's only a minute of content i should be picking apart every single little thing um well i still remember back when i was taking classes at ucla uh in film music and stuff that they were pretty much uh saying at that time that the mark of a a good composer often is that you don't notice the music, that it, it helps to work with the story so that it accentuates the emotion. Uh, you know, the composers who kind of do more, some people would argue, well, they're, you know, they're not doing their job if you <laughs> notice the music here. Well, and I will say the one thing that, uh, of course, you know, if I was going to comment on details like that, the details of... Um, you know, the costume and the set design is really beautiful in this film where, uh, you know, it's, it, I think is because of the decade, you know, the, the, uh, the wear of the clothing, you know, it doesn't look like they just took it off a rack and, and walked into a scene, which is true of a lot of maybe older films. Um, you know, this one, the hats are really weathered. The, the actors have pretty period, uh, correct, you know, hair and beards and, um, and so I do, I do think the attention to detail and the attention to um, the costumes. Now, the costumes may not be historically perfectly accurate, but a lot of the times that's, that's not really necessary, um, you know, to get the story across. Um, but yeah, I, I, th those details uh, jumped out at me a little bit just because I, you know, I'm interested in costuming. I wanted to say one last thing about Bruce Broughton because uh, I, I think he's a great composer. I I had uh, first heard him when I saw Young Sherlock Holmes. He did the the score to that one. Later, he would do another Western, Tombstone, with Kurt Russell. Well, you know, it was a fun score. Uh, though I think my one of my first exposures was a TV movie series that he did back in 1984. It was called The First Olympics, Athens, 1896. Uh, just just fun stuff. I mean, he's he's won a lot of. Uh, a lot of awards and stuff for his his music. Uh, how was he brought on to do this one? I mean, I, I was kind of wondering, you know, with, if it was Lawrence Kasdan, you know, did he try to get John Williams first? But I, I looked this up, and uh, according to this interview that they made of Broughton from the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, uh, it, it says here that uh, a common complaint among composers, that this is what Broughton was saying, is that their agent never does anything for them. Well, in this particular case, my agent did something for me. He said, there's this Western going on over at Columbia that Lawrence Kasdan is producing. It's a long shot, but why not? And thanks to his agent's intervention, Broughton landed a meeting with Kasdan, his brother, co-writer Mark Kasdan, and editor Carol Littleton, and they clicked. 
What was supposed to be a 30-minute interview lasted one and a half hours, and Kazin eventually decided to take a chance on Broughton. And that decision paid off when the composer received an Academy Award nomination for Silverado. And uh, it actually, uh, the score played, uh, it was a, it was actually a live performance of the score alongside a screening of the film back in May of 2016 with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. And I've been to one of those before uh, here in L.A. over at the Hollywood Bowl. I heard uh, them perform The Empire Strikes Back in concert uh, with the movie. And it's just it's an amazing experience to be able to uh, watch the film. And then you see like all the violins going and everything. It's like, wow. Uh, but but yeah, that's there's not too much more in this minute. I, I did notice that uh, if you look very closely, uh, if you look at the horse during these minutes when Cobb <laughs> makes the line that, uh, you know, oh, Peyton isn't having any, you know, when, when he says he's not going to basically join us, the horse nods and whinnies. Yeah. And so I kind of thought, well, that's like Blazing Saddles right there. Uh, yeah, I know, I know it's a great performance by that horse as well. <laughs> Give him more oh, oats. for God's sakes. I've seen, I love Blazing Saddles too, so. <laughs> oh, there you okay, go. Yeah, well, yeah. It counts. It counts. What it counts. Am I, you know, I think I'm contradicting myself here, so that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, there you go. You're, you're on I fire. I discovered something about myself. Thank you, guys. And that's what we do here on Movies by Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every day. That's right. Oh, I got one last thing to say that you, you can learn. Uh, Cobb, uh, Peyton owes Cobb $13. So let's assume this takes place in 1870. Okay, how much do you think that's worth in 2022 dollars? And uh, Amy, I'm going to leave this one to you because I think you see it on the on the notes, Brett. Uh, <laughs> 500 bucks? About half that. About half that. Oh. $276 is $13 from then. Uh, but it's, and is there anything else for today's episode? Have we, have we covered the minute fully? Is, are there any horses we did not mention? Are there any wooden signs that we still need to uncover? <laughs> Thank you all covered it well. And for me, this was this was kind of, you know, a game changer episode for me because I, I guess I like Westerns. Two words, Amy, Red River. <laughs> I expect a book report from you on an essay, 500 words or less on my desk on Monday morning. All right. Can I can I just turn in that old John Ford essay I wrote? <laughs> that worked. That works. All right. That oh, works. wait a minute. What What is this 12 Chimes Radio of which you speak? Uh, yeah. So that is... Uh, my fabulous audio drama uh, modeled after old-time radio with fabulous host, uh, this guy, Josh Horowitz, and uh, uh, who is host and writer and now director of episode 24 and 25, um, which are fabulous. Go listen to them. They're doing very well. Uh, and Brett, who is our writer and um, often actor, for 12 Chimes episodes. So uh, there are, as I said, 25 uh, fun-filled horror stories to uh, um, to keep you interested. I don't know. <laughs> we, we need to add a Western. That's the challenge well, now. We got to do a have, Western. We do have a Western. I would, I would oh, say that the we do. Um, that yes. script is definitely a Western. That's right. Uh Superstitions, yes. That was mine. Yeah. You forgot I did one. That's right. I did. I even acted in that one. Yeah, you were in it. You you had a Western <laughs> voice, and it was 
It was that was a specific kind of a like it was a sort of contemporary mid-century western kind of a yes treasure the sierra madre kind of thing well thanks amy for coming on the show and uh hopefully you've learned something and maybe have a little bit more appreciation for the for the western i hope you've learned a a valuable lesson from all this what it is i don't know but uh well i think we've all learned something today (laughs) valuable lesson well you can find the Silver Auto Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, SilverAutoMinute.com. Social media is available at The Midnight Star, the Silver Auto Minute Listener's Saloon, or would it be Salon? Your choice. Uh, <laughs> on Facebook and on Twitter at Silverado M, small case XM. Uh, please join us here tomorrow, same Silverado time, same Silverado channel, uh, for the Silverado Minute. Yee-hoo-ha! All right, enough of that. <laughs>